back together in Jesus' gospel gathering in person. Um, and then for those of you joining us via live stream, welcome uh, to this gathering. We are one in the spirit this morning. We sure miss seeing your smiling faces, but we look forward to uh, the day in due time when we can regather. We certainly want you to stay healthy and safe and just know we love you, and, uh, but we do miss you. Here at East LJ Baptist Church, we have been captivated by Christ. And in Jesus, we have seen and we cannot unsee the glory of God, which is His grace to us, His mercy to forgive us, uh, to justify us through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, His Son, our risen and reigning Lord. And so Jesus captivates us. It's our prayer if you're visiting with us today or joining us online for the first time that you will see and embrace the beauty of Christ that we enjoy and that you'd find yourself captivated by Him as well. I want to give a quick shout out, a thank you to our Sunday school teachers. We have, um, I don't know, two or three at least who are regularly Zooming Sunday school class uh, with their with their. Uh, class members, so just want to give a, a, a thank you to them for, for taking that, uh, making that extra effort. I know your classes certainly appreciate that, and we just encourage you to continue on, and uh, uh, that'll, that'll continue to be a, a great outreach. By the way, if you're um, not connected to a small group or a Sunday school class and you want to uh, link up via Zoom, if you're watching at home or here with us today, uh, just Contact me. We'll get you connected to a Sunday school class, uh, and, and, and that way you can have some more interaction uh, via Zoom. Well, happy Father's Day uh, to all the fathers in the place. I just want to start by asking if your father has already gone to be with the Lord, would you stand? People standing up all over this morning, and, uh, you know, we just we know for you that are standing this morning... Father's Day is always a bittersweet day, uh, bitter because you miss him, you, you, can't, you, you can't see him anymore, but sweet because you can enjoy those memories that you have. Thank you, and we just honor your, your dads this morning. As we seek to honor and encourage fathers today, you know, we also realize that for many, today's difficult uh, for various reasons, and just know that we are praying for you. But I want you to hear the perfect love of the only perfect Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus, as Paul describes his love in Romans chapter 8. Would you stand with me as we honor the reading of the Word of God this morning? Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 14, we're told about uh, our connection as sons and daughters to God our Father. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And then skipping down to verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, those sons and daughters of his, God works all things together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, 
He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us? From the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen Amen and amen. Aren't you thankful today that you know the love of the perfect Father? That you know a love from the perfect Father that never fails, that no one can take away from you. What a blessing that is. You may be seated and as we go to the Lord together in prayer, I want us to remember those that we know that do not know the perfect Father through faith in Jesus Christ. They cannot say that they're sure that nothing can separate them from the love of God because they've never experienced and embraced the grace of God in Christ. We want to pray for those people you know, your friends, neighbors, co-workers. We want to pray for the unreached peoples of the world, particularly this morning, the Tajik people in Pakistan, 922,000 people in this people group in Pakistan with zero believers among them. No known Christian witness among this people group. Almost a million people. Blows my mind. We're so blessed. We we just soak and swim in the gospel here in America uh, and and here in in, in LJ, Georgia. And so we want to lift up the Tajik Pakistan and ask God to raise up from our midst someone to take the gospel even to them. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Oh, good, good and beautiful Father, thank you for your love, your perfect, never-ending love that from which we cannot be separated because you hold us in your hand and no one or no thing can separate us from your love. Oh, the beauty of your love is seen in the sacrifice of Christ. Father, we praise you. And we just thank you for your grace and mercy that we would know this gospel, this good news about Jesus, that we can know you and call you Daddy, Abba, Father. But Lord, how we pray for our neighbors and relatives and coworkers and friends who do not have this surety of the love of God. God, open their hearts, but open our mouths with the message. And God, we pray for the Tajik of Pakistan, almost a million souls 
most of whom have never heard the name Jesus. They don't understand the gospel. God, raise up a missionary. Raise up people nearby in Pakistan that know Christ to penetrate this people group. For Jesus, you said that the gospel will be preached to all people groups, and then the end will come. We want you to return, but God, we want your, your fame among the nations. And so send us, oh God, if you will. Lord, we pray for our nation today. There's so much to pray about on that level. God, we, we pray for all those dealing with COVID-19 and, and fighting that, that uh, illness today. We pray for your, your strength. We pray for doctors and nurses and scientists that are fighting alongside the patients and helping them and, and trying to find a, a vaccine for this thing. Father, we pray for our leaders all across the nation as they make decisions and seek the best for uh, the public and just pray that you give them wisdom even as you put them in those places of authority. Father, we pray for uh, our nation on, on, on other levels. We pray, God, for peace. We pray for um, unity. We pray for justice. We pray for um, uh, justice in, in, in all directions and ways. God, we just ask that you would overrule the, the, the blatant depravity of man that's manifesting itself all across our nation at both ends of the spectrum. God, may we shine the light of the gospel that's on no one's side but God's side, but Jesus' side into the darkness through lives of grace and mercy and love and peace and impartiality. God, may we be like you to this world. We know that you've, de you've determined to, 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 to redeem a people from every tribe, tongue, and nation, from every people group, every race and ethnicity. And so, God, give us that laser focus on the beauty of Jesus and the image of God in all men. Father, thank you for this time to lift high your name. And we just pray that you would be honored and glorified today. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Let's worship together this morning.
Megan's gonna lead us on this one. <laughs> Bear with me, it's new. Thank you. 
Lord, we just bow our hearts before you now, praising you for who you are. And even confessing in the words of that song, those songs, Lord Jesus, you are worthy of all praise and glory and honor. Father, by your Spirit, you are salt in this world, the only preservative for a, for a, for a world and in America, a society spiraling in destruction of itself. You are the only light, Lord Jesus, for the world in the midst of a culture of darkness and sin and rebellion. And Father, thank you that you shine brightly today. You are just as able to save. You are just as mighty to save as you've ever been. And you are at work even when we can't see what you're doing. God, you are using these days to reach men, women, boys, and girls with the gospel, perhaps in ways that we have never seen, in the insanity and the darkness and the hopelessness for so many in these days. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are worthy. You are the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. You are the one who's redeemed God's elect from all all nations, and oh God, how we praise you that you are now in the business of marching uh, in, in, with great strides to reach men, women, boys, and girls through the preaching of the gospel. Lord, we pray that you would make us faithful to do our part and to join you on mission in this world. We're not here as the church for anything else but to glorify Almighty God before men and to reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that they may share our joy in Christ. And so, Father, we pray that you would be our teacher now as we open your word. How we thank you that you are the perfect Father. I pray for men all across this room and all across the, the live stream viewing circle this morning, that, God, you would speak to our hearts. We need Christ-honoring men in our world like never before. We've said that before, but it's truer today than it's ever been in my lifetime. And so, Father, we cry out to you to use your word and to work by your spirit in our hearts as men. We just, we just come to you. We know our responsibility. We, we, we want to be men of God. We want Christ to be honored in our lives. And so we bow our hearts before you. We open our minds to your word. We, we submit our hearts to what the scriptures teach and to the power and transforming work of the Spirit of God who lives in us if we know Jesus. And Father, I pray that if there's a man listening today, anyone listening today, who does not yet know Christ, that today would be the day of their salvation to the glory of our God and Father. We pray through your Son, Jesus. Amen. All right, I'm going to invite you to turn with me this morning in your Bibles to the book of Numbers. Uh, numbers, I don't know, when was the last time y'all were in the book of Numbers? Yeah, uh, I just happened to be there not too long back because of a Bible reading plan I'm doing, but Numbers, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, it's the fourth book of the Bible, so if you start at the beginning, you don't have to go over far. Numbers chapter 13 and also chapter 14, so we're going to be looking this morning. Someone has said that a man is someone, listen to these four characteristics of a man. 
of a man God's way, of a man the way God intended us to be men. A man is someone who rejects passivity, accepts responsibility, leads courageously, and expects a greater reward. You know what, guys? When when there's a problem in our lives, usually you can trace it back to a failure in one of those four areas. Amen? Fellas, me and you are going to be doing a lot of talking this morning, so I need to be able to hear you. And now that you're back in church, let me tell you, I've been missing the amens. I need to hear you on a Father's Day, okay? Okay, man, I thought I was going to be disappointed for the second time this morning. All right. A man is someone, get it, who rejects passivity, who accepts responsibility, who leads courageously and expects a greater reward. These are not the four points of the sermon. These are just the ideas that behind where we're headed. These are the kind, that's the kind of men we want to be. We don't want to be passive as husbands, fathers, pastors, deacons. We want to accept responsibility. We don't want to shift the blame and point to someone else and say, it's someone else's fault. We live in a victim society, don't we? It's always someone else's fault, except it's not, and it's mine, and we need to own it when it is. Amen? We need to lead courageously. Lead courageously, not according to our own agendas we're going to talk about, but according to God's. We don't need to sit back and let mama handle it. Hey, y'all all right? Huh? Too many men sit back and let mama handle that. And they need to lead courageously, and we need to expect a greater reward. How many of you are living for the next life, eternity? It shapes everything you're doing in this life. Oh, guys, how our world, how our church, how our families need us to be such men. Amen? Would you stand with me as you read a wonderful story? Going to be standing for a while. I know you just were, but it's Okay. You've been sitting at the, on the couch at home for weeks. Numbers 13, verses 1 and 2. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, listen, which I am giving to the people of Israel. Don't forget that line. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, everyone a chief among them. Skip down to verse 25 of this chapter. At the end of... Forty days they returned from spying out the land, and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people in, of Israel in the wilderness at Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. That Anak was a giant, like a little one. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negeb. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the, in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. It's a great land, but we got trouble, said ten of these twelve men. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report 
of the land that they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, sons of Anak, who came from the Nephilim. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. Chapter 14, verse 5. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we passed through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people. Of the land, for they are bread for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Then all the congregation said to stone them with stones. But the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel. Verse 20, then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. Moses had prayed for them that God would not just wipe out the people of Israel who were in rebellion at this point. I have pardoned according to your word, but truly, listen to what happened to the people of Israel because of weak leadership among those 12 spies. Truly as I live and as all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, none of the men who have seen my glory and my signs that I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and yet have Put me to the test these ten times and have not obeyed my voice shall see the land that I swore to give to their fathers. And none of those who despise me shall see it but my servant Caleb because he was, has a different spirit and has followed me fully. I will bring into the land into which he went. Later on it makes clear Joshua also. And his descendants shall possess it. Say to them, here's how bad it's going to be. Catch it. As I live, declares the Lord, what you have said in my hearing I will do to you. You said if, 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 if we go into that land, we'll get, we'll get killed. We'll get eaten alive. They'll destroy us. What you've said in my hearing, the Lord says, I'm going to do to you. You're not going to have to worry about your enemies taking you out. I'm taking you out. Your dead bodies shall fall in this wilderness, and of all your number listed in the census from 20 years old and upward, you have grumbled against me. Not one shall come into the land where I swore that I would make you dwell, except Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. But as for you, your dead bodies shall fall in this wilderness." And your children shall be shepherds in the wilderness 40 years and shall suffer for your faithlessness until the last of your dead bodies. That's three times. He's talked about their dead bodies, lies in the wilderness. According to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, 40 days, a year for each day, you shall bear your iniquity 40 years. And you shall know my displeasure. Every man over 20 years of age except two, Joshua and Caleb. You may be seated. May God add his blessing to a powerful story here in the Old Testament. And this Old Testament story shows us in Joshua and Caleb two real God-honoring men. What we as men were created to be. I want to talk to you this morning about 
men of a different spirit. The text says that Caleb was of a different spirit. Are you, am I, a man of a different spirit? Here's what I want you to take home, dads. Every dad can honor Christ by being a man of a different spirit, a man of a courageous spirit. How do we do that? Guys, how do we become men of a different spirit? How do we honor Christ by being men of a courageous spirit? Well, according to this text, Christ-honoring dads, first of all, trust the promises and power of God. Chapter 13, verse 30 says of Caleb, but Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and destroy it. For we are well able to overcome it. The other ten uh, spies had said, man, we don't need to go up and do that. They're bad. It's going to be bad if we go up. Caleb said, let us go up at once. For we are well able to overcome it. Now, how in the world could, could, could Caleb say that? I mean, after all, there were giants in the land. Hello. He didn't deny the fact that there were giants in the land. That there were a lot of bad people. Ferocious warriors in the land. He, he didn't deny any of that. How could he say such a thing? Let's go now, <laughs> and we're well able to take the land. Because Caleb trusted the promises and power of God. He remembered the promise of God, and he knew the power of God. Numbers 13.1 is where we find the promise. I underscored it as we were reading through. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan. Listen, which... I am giving to the people of Israel. God said. He didn't say, let them go check out the land and see if they want it. And then maybe they can work and negotiate a deal with, the, with all those bad people and them giants up there and see if they can work out a way to get the land. He said, listen, I, they're just going to check out what I am giving them. A promise from God. How could Caleb say, let's go now, and we're well able to overcome it? Because God said he's given it to them. One commentator said, faith reasons, check this out, faith reasons. Sir, is this how you reason? From God to the difficulties. It begins with him. Unbelief, on the other hand, reasons from the difficulties to God. It begins with the difficulties. Which way do you reason? Dads, do you know and trust the promises and power of God? You say, well, Chad, that sounds good, uh, good alliteration there, promises and power, but what are you talking about? I'm not sure exactly what you mean when you say that stuff. Well, well let's just start with Jesus' gospel promises. Sir, do you know the gospel promises of the Lord Jesus Christ today? What I'm asking you is, do you know that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God? And because of that, the wages of sin for every man, woman, boy, and girl is death. Eternal separation and judgment by holy God for our sin, for mine and for yours, unless we trust Jesus. And though the wages of sin is death, God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, he sent his son to die for us. So that now, even though the wages of sin is death, you and I can, by faith in Jesus, know the free gift of God given to us by simple and received by us by simple childlike faith in, 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 the, in the finished work of Christ. 
who lived a perfect life in your place, went to the cross and bore the justice and wrath of God against your sins in your place as your substitute. And on the third day rose again, and today he lives and reigns over all things. Listen to me. He indwells all who trust him. He lives in us. Sir, have you trusted Jesus' gospel promises, the good news, the saving promises of the Savior? Well, let me just tell you, if you don't start there, you don't have a foundation for the house. You don't have a foundation for your marriage. You don't have a foundation for your family. You don't have a foundation for parenting. You don't have a foundation for anything outside of your home. You are on sinking sand, and your house will come down hard without that foundation. But, but Dad, do you know Jesus' great commission promises? So I'm just going to, at this point, talk to you who know Jesus. You've already trusted the, the gospel promises of Jesus. How about now? Do you trust and do you know the, 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 the Jesus' great commission promises? Chad, what are you talking about? Well, there's a promise in the great commission. There's a command. We're familiar with that. But, but let's get a run and go from verse 18 of Matthew 28. Jesus came and said to him, his disciples, remember, he's fixing to lift off. He's fixing to, he's fixing to go to the Father in heaven. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Don't forget who I am. I'm the risen and reigning king of all things, guys. And now, now here's your job. Go, therefore, because I am the master of the universe. Hello? My words ought to carry weight. You ought to be encouraged in the commission I'm giving you because I'm the boss of everything and you're, you work for me, right? Go, therefore, and make disciples. That's the command of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. That is why we're left here once we've trusted Jesus' gospel promises is to, is to, to hear and, and, and live out the Great Commission. But listen to this Great Commission promise. Jesus ends the Great Commission with this promise. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Guys, I've saved you by my grace, and I've, get, I've commissioned you to take that good news to the nations, to teach men, women, boys, and girls all over this planet how to, how to walk with Jesus. And here's what I want you to know. That's your job. That's the reason you're left here, but I'm not leaving you alone to do it. I saved you by grace. I will use you by grace. It'll be my power that enables you to fulfill the Great Commission. But guys, that's what, we're, that's what it's all about. And His presence. And I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm, I'm awful excited and, I, and I'm awful anxious for the Great Commission to be fulfilled. You know why? Listen to what else Jesus said in Matthew verse, chapter 24, verse 12. This describes our day, I think. And because lawlessness will be increased, hello? The love of many will grow cold. Is yours growing cold in the midst of the world in which we live? But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Is your faith what it once was? Can I just tell you, whenever your faith cools off, you ought to get nervous. You ought to do a heart check. You should run back to the cross and make sure that, as Peter says, that you are in the faith. Because only the one that endures to the end will be saved. Here, here's, here's, here's Jesus. Another gospel, great commission promise. And this gospel of the kingdom, listen will be proclaimed throughout the world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. You want to see Jesus come back? 
Jesus said he'll come back when every people group has heard the good news. Why do we pray for a different people group every single Sunday morning? Because of Matthew 24, verse verse 14. Dad, have you trusted Jesus' gospel promises? Have you trusted Jesus' great commission promises? Is this why why you're alive? Is this how you're leading your marriage and your family with the great commission driving it? When the end comes, Jesus will return to take us to our eternal home where he's prepared us a place and where we will forever enjoy and be satisfied in the Father's presence, gazing on the glorious face of our Savior. Dad, do these promises of Jesus serve as the foundation and motivation for your life? Hear me again. If not, your house is built on sand. If the Great Commission promises aren't driving your life as a believer, your house is built on sand. Let me tell you, you're wasting your life. And your house will collapse, if not in time, in forever and eternity. Now, let me just encourage you. We don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes to get this job assigned to me by Jesus done. You don't have in and of yourselves what it takes to fulfill the Great Commission. But God has all the power we need. Jesus has been given all authority. And remember, he will be with you always, even to the end of the age. He indwells you by his Holy Spirit. So here's the thing. Though you don't in you, you do in him. And this, 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 this unmanly statement of many men that I just can't be you, God, God can't use me. And you sit back and do nothing in the kingdom of God. Let me tell you what it is. It's a lack of courage because you have everything you need to serve the living God by the indwelling spirit of the same God that raised Jesus from the dead. Hello. Quit the excuses in the kingdom. Because Romans 8, 11 says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and, and you know, that's just elementary, isn't it? We tell our kids when they trust Jesus that Jesus comes to live in their heart. Dad, do you believe he's, he lives in you? Hello, this is yes in America. This is no. Do you believe he lives in you? I mean, you know I'm setting you up, right? <laughs> you know if you nod yes, you're in trouble with the rest of it, right? Yeah, I mean, if, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, by the way, maybe it doesn't. Maybe he doesn't live in you. Maybe that's why you're, you're like a bump and a log in the kingdom of God because you're not in the kingdom of God. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then, then this is true. He who raised Christ from Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. He'll give you everything you need to get the job done. Whatever that job is, he has for you. If he lives in you. Because he raised Jesus from the dead. You say, yeah, but you just don't know me, preacher. I don't need to know you. I don't need to know all your problems. I don't need to know all your weaknesses. You don't need to know all mine. But here's what I can tell you. If God can raise Jesus from the dead, he can overcome your weaknesses. You know, you know what Paul said? Turn, uh, flip over, because this isn't on the screen. This is the last minute edition. Doug had no heads up. Second, uh, excuse me, Second Corinthians 12, two verses there. <clears throat> I've lost a water bottle, but I've got to have it, babe. Can you bring it to me? <clears throat> Second Corinthians 12, verses 9 and 10. Thank you. Listen to what Paul said. Paul had been given a thorn in the flesh, and he, and he begged God three times. We know what it was. Some uh, believe that it was poor eyesight that made it almost impossible 
uh, to function. But whatever it was, verse 9, this is, this is as he pleaded with, with the Lord about it, here comes the Lord's response, verse 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Listen, for my power is made perfect in under, uh, understood your weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I come to the end of myself and quit trying to do it on my own and lean on the one who raised Jesus from the dead, lean on Christ himself for the power, that's when it get, the work gets done. That's when he gets the glory. And so, guys, boast in your weakness. Now, this, this doesn't mean whine about your weakness. It means boast in it and say, hey, I'm weak, but Jesus is strong. I don't have to be strong because he can raise the dead. And if he can raise the dead, he can use me. Because I'm not bigger than, than, than that whole resurrection of Jesus thing, amen? Me and my weakness, me and my problems are not bigger than that problem God overcame. In power. Also, 1 Corinthians 15.10, do you talk like this? Does this describe your life, sir? 1 Corinthians 15.10, flip over. 1 Corinthians 15.10, I want you to see it in the text of your scripture. 1 Corinthians 15.10. This is how Paul talked about his own way of living, his own ministry of the, in the kingdom. He was clear as to where the, 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 the power and the effectiveness of his ministry came from. Verse 10 of 1 Corinthians 15. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. I haven't built this thing myself. This is not about me. But I, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his, but listen... And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, what did that grace of God at work in me do? I worked harder than any of them. That means any of the other apostles. Though it was not I, but the grace of God that is within me. Here's what the grace of God does in you. It works for the glory of God. And so Paul is saying, look, I, 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 I'm, not, I, I'm not a super saint. But what I can tell you is when the grace of God came to me, it didn't come in vain. It didn't come for nothing. When God saved me, I got out of his way and let him have me. And the grace of God has, has produced all that you've seen in this amazing ministry of mine. It's not me doing it. It's him doing it. Men, can you say that it's the grace of God that's working powerfully in you and the grace of God alone? Every dad can honor Christ by being a man of a different, of a courageous spirit. How? By trusting the promises and power of God. I'm thankful that we serve a God described in Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21. And Paul just describes glory to God in these verses. So, so just let this be your prayer. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we could ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Christ-honoring dads trust the promises and power of God and let the grace of God do great things through them. Two more points, a lot shorter than the first one. Number two, Christ-honoring dads 
not only trust the promises and power of God, they challenge their families and their churches to trust and obey God. Numbers 14, verses 6 through 9. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who'd spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation. Remember, what's happened is the people basically said, look, we ain't going in. Moses, we ain't going. I I mean, we're Baptists. Ten out of twelve. Ten to two, guess who wins? The majority rules in the Baptist church, right? And, and, And ten voted no. We ain't going. They tore their clothes, Joshua and Caleb did, and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we passed through to spite out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, and they knew he did because he's already told them he's going to give them the land, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Here they challenge them. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. We'll eat them alive. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. You see, if a man truly trusts the promises and power of God, he will consistently challenge his family to trust and obey God. Sir, are you trusting, challenging your wife to trust and obey God? Are you challenging your children to trust and obey God? God. You see, a man like this, a man of a different spirit like this, his faith won't be a private matter. It won't be, again, something he lets mama handle with the kids. He'll be the spiritual trailblazer for his family. And he'll give leadership in his local church. In 1 Timothy 4, verse 12, Paul talked to a young young man at the church in Ephesus, the pastor of that church, probably one of the youngest of, of, of the adult men in, in, in that group. And he said, let no one despise you for your youth. But what I want you to do, Timothy, what I want of all men who, who are following hard after me, set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. As a church, we need another generation of young men to come behind the, the current generation and lead. Amen. Your deacons are in the process of beginning to bring some younger men and some men who are relatively new members in, in, our, in our church family into the leadership of our church, and that's a great thing. And we have a great group of young and new folks to choose from as a body. So men, be ready to step up and answer the call of God to be the next generation of deacons and elders in our church family. Every dad can Honor Christ by being a man of a different and courageous spirit. We need you, sir, to be a man who challenges not only your family, but our church to trust and obey God, to act on the promises of God. Believing the power of God is sufficient. But thirdly, this morning, not only do Christ-honoring dads trust the promises and power of God, not only do they challenge their families and churches to trust and obey God. Third, they follow God fully. Chapter 14, verse 24, it says, but my servant Caleb, but God said, this is God speaking about Caleb. Imagine being described this way. He has a different spirit and has followed me fully. I will bring into the land into which he went and his descendants 
shall possess, possess it. What we know is that Caleb was about 40 at this time. The way we know that is when they come into the land, we're told, and they start divvying it up between all the different tribes and people, we're told there that he's 85 years old, and they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. So I guess he's 45 here. So now y'all can do that math. I, I, I can't do the math, obviously, but y'all can do the math, right? So 45 plus 40 is 85, right? <laughs> and you know what he says over here when he gets, when he gets his, his portion? He asked for a certain portion, actually, and, he, and at 85, he said, because I'm just as ready to go for the Lord as I've ever been. <laughs> My God's still just as big as he was back then. I can whip those people in that land I'm asking you for. Because God is my God, and his power is sufficient. And he said he's going to give me that land. So guess what? I may be 85, boys, but I'm here to rumble. Oh, that we would speak like Caleb at 85. One commentator said they were living in the light. Joshua and Caleb were living in the light of the divine presence while the whole congregation was wrapped in, dark, in the dark shades of their own unbelief. Joshua and Caleb were enabled in the simple power of faith to withstand a tremendous tide of infidelity among the people of God. They held fast their confidence in God in the face of every difficulty, and he signally honored their faith in the end. Sir, is any part of your life held back from the rule of King Jesus today? Dad, is there anything that you're keeping back from the one who died and rose for you, who indwells you, who's promised to use you to reach the nations for Jesus? Are there compromises that are making and leading your family to make such that it cannot be said of you that you're following God fully? Man, what can you imagine? In Scripture, it about Caleb, are these words of God, he Followed me fully. He's a different kind of man. Except he was no different. You can be that guy. I can live that way. Why? Because of the promises and power of God that are unchanged even today in 2020 in the mess in which we live in America. He's unchanged. His word is unchanged. Sir, does God have your heart as evidenced by the fact that he sets the priorities of your life, of your finances, beginning with honoring Jesus and grace-giving to the work of the kingdom of God and then in generosity to those all around you who you see in need. You say, Chad, yeah, there you are. Another preacher talking about money. Let me just tell you who said this. Jesus said the following, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So the bottom line is you can know the state of your own heart by seeing how you spend your money. Jesus said it, not me. Deal with what Jesus said, sir. This is where we need to be courageous as men and get real and accept responsibility, right? Hear me. If you don't follow God fully, your life of inconsistency, listen to me, it'll be a stumbling block for your kids. Does Jesus rule your time and your schedule? Weekly worship attendance, can I just say something, and, I'm, and, and to those on live stream, weekly worship attendance obviously has not been possible during COVID-19. It, it, it's not advisable for many of you for weeks. We don't even know how much longer yet to come, right? But, but I'm just using this as a basic. When we can, weekly worship attendance, it ought not be an option 
in the Christian life, in, in the life of, 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 of Jesus' follower. Because God's word exhorts us not to forsake the assembling together of ourselves for worship. In fact, it's a clear indicator of the weak and unhealthy condition of the church in America when we're told that pre- and post-COVID-19, a regular, a regular church attender is today defined as someone who attends church once or twice a month. Now, just hear me say, I'm not legalistic about church attendance. That's not the point. It won't earn you no brownie points with God. Going to church don't make you a Christian anymore. Going to McDonald's will make you a hamburger, said Keith Green, the late Keith Green. I'm not legalistic about church attendance. There's, there's times when, when I'm going to miss church. There's times when you're going to miss church. It, it, it's not about the legalism or any of that. But a regular church tender is today, uh, is today defined as somebody who goes to church once or twice a month. Hello? How'd we get here? Dad, when work, sports seasons, time on the lake are more of a priority in your life than the worship of Jesus with his gospel gathering called the church, and you lead your family down that road, don't be surprised when your kids grow up and leave the house and church is not a priority, Jesus is not a priority. Why? Because you showed them it wasn't a priority. He wasn't that important. Now, if it's the World Series of Little League Baseball and it's the only Sunday you've missed or one or two, I mean, we're not being legalistic here, but when you take an entire sports season off, hello? When the sun comes out in the summer and, and you spend the whole summer at the lake, that's a problem. That's a heart problem. Christ-honoring dads follow God fully. Every dad can. Every dad, you, me, every dad can honor Christ by being a man of a different, of a courageous spirit. Here's the question, sir, for me and for you. Will we? Man, our world needs men of a different spirit. I know what you're thinking. You're always so sweet to the mothers on Mother's Day. (laughs) And you pull out this stuff on us on Father's Day. Well, guys, here's the deal. If we do a better job as men, your your wives might not, our wives might not need as much encouragement on Mother's Day, and I might not have to be as hard on you on Father's Day, right? And myself. Every message is first to me. Every dad can. Will you be a man of a different and courageous spirit who honors Christ by trusting the power and promises of God? by challenging your family and church to trust and obey God, and by not holding anything back, but fully following Him. Will you? Let's pray. Father, i got a long way to go, but I pray that you will help me too, to fully follow you, to trust your promises and your power, to not to not use excuses about how weak I am, and I am, but to stand on your promises and expect your power to work, that you might use me to challenge my family and our church. 
to fully trust and obey God. Lord, I pray for every man across this room, especially every dad. We need men of a different spirit. Make us Caleb's and Joshua's. And Father, I pray in this moment, if there's any man in this place who has yet to trust Jesus as personal Lord and Savior, that's the first place. That's the starting place. That's the foundation. So God, I pray right now that you would work and save that man, that dad. They would trust Jesus' gospel promises and find in him righteousness and forgiveness of all sin, reconciliation with God, the hope of heaven, the indwelling of Jesus himself. And then then on that foundation, God, they would build a, a strong home that when the storms come, the winds can't tear down. The waves don't have a chance when we build our house on the rock. Jesus, you are the rock and we worship you. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand together and close our time here uh, in song.
all God's people said. Amen. Amen. You may be seated for just a moment. And if you're watching or present here today and you don't know him as your good, good father, then please contact us. Uh, come see me after the service. Uh, if you're watching by live stream, go to our website, find the connect card, uh, ask for me to reach out to you. I'll be glad to give you a call and talk about that. I want you to know our good, good father. So just encourage you in that way. All right. And by the way, don't anybody go sell a boat today. Uh, and, and I just want you to know I wasn't, I'm, I'm really not trying to pick on anybody. My family, we're taking a lake day the last Sunday of July to be together as a family with all our crew before my daughter heads back to Indonesia. Um, so, you know, nothing wicked about the lake or boats, okay? All right. So, all right. Just how you use them and how often. Amen. Okay, uh, on your way out this morning, as you uh, mask back up and head out in just a few minutes, you can uh, drop your offering off in, at the baskets on the tables there. Um, uh, if you're viewing at home, you can continue to uh, thank you for your faithfulness to continue to give in this time of absence. Uh, you, can, you can give online uh, at our, our app, EEBC app, or on our website, eastljbaptist.com. Uh, or you can mail your, your checks to the church, and we appreciate your faithfulness in supporting the kingdom of God to get the Great Commission out to the nations. Amen? All right. Well, thank you for being here today. We're going to sign off and uh, see you again 11 o'clock next Sunday.